Welcome to the Inside Supreme Med Podcast, the podcast where I explore all the places you can go in healthcare. Thank you for joining me on the Inside Supreme Med Podcast. For this episode, I got the chance to interview Gary R.T., who is a respiratory therapist over in California. You can find him on YouTube and Instagram. And for this episode, we talked a bit about the curriculum to become an RT, what an RT does, and just anything that people might want to know when it comes to what does an RT do and what is respiratory therapy. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome, everyone. This is the Indecisive Pre-Med Podcast. I have a very special guest here, Gary RT. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Gary, and I'm a respiratory care practitioner in Los Angeles, California. Awesome. Yeah, so um, yeah, just yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I was um, born and raised in LA and I used to be an actor and my oh. grandma was a care practitioner. So I always had like an interest in the medical field, but I never necessarily, I think, thought to do it um, mm. until I was like, you know, like acting is so, it's so unstable, you know, there's not always like the instability of financial instability and like work instability. It just wasn't something that I was like, I don't want to do this forever, basically. And then, so I was, I was, I was in college and I was just doing like general ed type classes. And I was, well, I was doing my general ed, but I was also a film major. So I was doing film classes too. But yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know, already like working in the industry. I just know like even the camera people and the producers, like they don't know what they're going to next, you know? That's just not something that I want to deal with when I'm like 40 and 50. Right. <laughs> so I always had an interest in the medical field. So I was just looking up different like programs at my current college. And of course, kind of all they had was like nursing. And mm-hmm. it's just not something that I was interested in reading about what they do. And uh, I was doing a lot of research. And then I was like, wait, why didn't I think to do respiratory? My grandma does respiratory. So I was like researching it. It was like late at night. So I was just researching, doing all this like research, YouTube, like reading about it at different colleges. And obviously I ended up asking her about it too. And yeah, it just really intrigued me. And I liked how it was so specialized. And yeah, it just really intrigued me. And I liked how it was so specialized. And so I just pursued it. And now here I am. Cool. cool. And were you going to a four-year or were you going to like community college when you're doing? Oh. Yeah. So there's not a lot of four-year colleges around that have respiratory. A lot of them are mainly like online type classes. So you could either do a, uh, a fast track, like career college type mm-hmm. way. And it's shorter than two years, but it's like $70,000. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I did community college and I transferred to a community college that had the respiratory program. And, um, and yeah, so I finished my degree there, but, um, a lot of people, some people take the, the career college route, but when I was in school and we were doing like our clinical sites, I guess it's a little frowned upon, that mm-hmm. you went the fast track way but i mean some of my coworkers went that way and we're all working so right the difference okay and uh, what's like the educational requirement before getting into rt program so at my community college um i went to los angeles valley college and it's in like a north hollywood area 
And so what is required is you have to have your human anatomy, your physics, your general classes like math and English and all of that stuff. And then human anatomy, physics, microbiology. And we have two RT classes before you get into the program. So oh, that's okay. what's cool. And I think unique with my college, because I don't really know of like other colleges that have a pre a uh, pre-program course um like i don't think nurse nursing programs do that and i don't think even other people that i know who went to other schools for rt have done that but it's really cool it's basically like a general class about what rt is and you kind of go through everything and it's kind of a lot and overwhelming and <laughs> it kind of makes you second guess like can i do this because um, right. it's overview but basically it's like an overview class to see if you like respiratory and then if you do you take the second class and if you pass the second class then you can apply for the program and then the program basically breaks down what you learned overall in that class okay. at a slow yeah gotcha so it took like how long do you think that took your prereqs then oh gosh well for me it took a while because i was working i mm. was i was acting and i was going to school and at first like i said i was a film major so right. i had all film classes so if you start from the very very beginning i started college in 2013 and i graduated in 2019 but that was like not my whole respiratory um right. you know what i mean i started probably in 2015 or 16 starting to do my prereqs for respiratory i had to do like uh, a higher math class and I had to take physics, microbiology, and human anatomy and and then you have to wait to apply for the program and I didn't get in the first year I applied so I had to wait the second year. Okay. So there's a lot of different things that can prolong how long that takes, you know, how many classes you're taking at once, mm -hmm. if you're going full-time, if you're working, obviously it takes a little longer. So Right and yeah. then once you got in the program were you doing full-time, part-time? Yeah, so um, once you get in the program, it's completely full-time. You Each semester, we have semesters, um, each semester you're taking a different amount of classes. So sometimes you're taking two classes and sometimes you're taking four. Um, but we did fall, spring, summer, and winter. So there was oh, wow. no... Yeah, and on top of your classes, you're going to your clinicals. So you're basically working for free in the hospital and then having to study for an exam and like only having like, Saturday and Sunday off, you know, so it was, it was a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I kind of want to hear more about that experience of during RT school, like, um, like you were mentioning clinicals, like studying for classes, like what kind of classes were you taking and did your clinicals vary? Like, were you going to different locations or sticking around with the same hospital? Yeah. So, um, some of the courses that we were taking, Oh my gosh, this is so long ago. <laughs> it feels so long ago. Um, so we definitely had some ventilator, certain semesters we would focus on the ventilators, which is life support. Um, and because we managed those and just how to manipulate different parameters and what to do. And then um, some courses were about medications. One semester was about neonates. And so like the babies and because respiratory, they have like different values and different things that you do because they're a different age and whatnot. And one of our classes was a human anatomy, um, but it was cardiopulmonary anatomy and physiology. So it's how the lungs and the heart 
and all of that works. And then another class was about the different diseases and the disease processes and how to treat them and how to manage them. And, um, and yeah, and then so those are some of the classes. <laughs> and then we would also go, we went to five different clinical sites. So we would go to, most of our clinical sites would be at least five weeks. Um, okay. Of them were for, um, one of them, our longest one was for three months. And then the other ones were between five and like, maybe like nine weeks. So it would depend on how long the semester was. But yeah, I went to uh, UCLA, Ronald Reagan Medical Center in Westwood, California. And I went to um, Cedar sinai Medical Center. I went to Northridge Hospital. And I went to St. John's Regional, which is in Oxnard, which is really far. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that does sound far. Yeah. And then I went to one in Hollywood. Um, oh, okay. They're, they're all really amazing. Our school is the only respiratory school in our area that goes to all of the top medical centers. So we were really lucky to, we're the only RT school that goes to Cedar sinai And oh, wow. yeah, and we shared UCLA with a couple other respiratory schools. I know that there's one school that like, I think they stay there almost their entire clinical rotation. So they, they get really close. Um, with everybody who works there and like with the system. But Cedar sinai I was there for uh, three months. So that was really cool. And then we go to the faraway one in Oxnard because my professor used to work there. So that's oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh gotcha. So they didn't just make you drive for no reason. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It was it was so far. It would take at least an hour. But oh, it was a really it was a really good site though. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good. And while you were doing those rotations, were you doing like working on specific like subpopulate like populate specific populations or for each rotation technically it's supposed to be like oh this is your icu rotation or this is your neonate rotation but it doesn't always work like that Um, just do everything Um, as rts we're floating all around the hospital Um, you know unless you have the NICU or yeah, I would say probably just the NICU. You're kind of just in the NICU. But if you have like ER, you are also going to go to the ICU if there's a code. You know, you're going to, so you're always like floating around everywhere. Like at my facilities now, I might have ER, but I also have like fifth floor and second floor. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, as a student, we were always seeing everything. Like even though we we're supposed to technically be on the floors for that day, we might get, we might get put in the ICU. Um, so, which which was cool though, because I feel like at almost all of my clinical sites, I was in the ICU almost every single day. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that really prepared me for the types of things that I see now. Okay, yeah, and um, I kind of want to go into that about like what do you do as an RT? So I feel like the main thing that people know is we give breathing treatments. Um, so we deliver aerosolized medications to help open up the airway, to help prevent constriction, to um, reduce inflammation, to break disulfide bonds, which is basically just to break down the mucus. So that's one thing that we do is breathing treatments. Another thing that we do is, so we work with all patient populations. So we're there from the very beginning with the neonates and the labor and delivery. So once the baby comes out, they hand the baby to the RT, we make sure that they're breathing, that they're ventilating, and then we hand them to the nurse, and then they hand it back to the mom. 
And if something was happening, then we would intervene and bag the patient and possibly intubate and all that stuff. Mm. And then, yeah, and then so we could be delivering breathing treatment to like an asthmatic kid in the ER, or we can be helping with non-invasive ventilation, so like BiPAP and CPAP. And then we also assist with intubation and we place the patient on the ventilator and we manage the ventilator throughout their ICU stay. And at my facility, we also do the EKGs. So we put them on basically a heart monitor to trace what's going on with their heart, so to get their heart rhythm. And then we also draw blood. Drawing the blood is really important because it helps determine like what their acid base is and what we need to do. Um, is it a ventilation issue? Is it an oxygenation issue? Is it a metabolic issue? So that really helps um, determine the next step in caring for that patient. Okay, cool. That that's a lot. That's that's pretty cool to hear. Just kind of like more <laughs> what they do because I personally work with RTs all the time, but I've only ever seen them do, like you said, the breathing treatments. So that's great yeah. here. Yeah, we do so much. Sometimes I think you know even our own coworkers, like our hospital staff, the nurses, they don't necessarily know because a lot of times a nurse has two, three, four patients all day right. and they only guess like every four hours for a breathing treatment. But they don't know that in between that time span, I ran to the ER to help with the trauma and help intubate and put someone on my support and transport them to the ICU and draw some blood. And you know, so it's like we're always constantly moving and doing something because we're needed all throughout the hospital and we respond to code blues and um, we do CPR and help bag that patient and everything. So we're doing a lot sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, my, my, one of my other questions was going to be um, who do you typically work with when you're in the healthcare team? Like is I'm, I'm assuming everyone, right? As you we were saying. Yeah. So we definitely are working with everyone. Like you say, I think our, you know, number one person that we are with is the nurse. You know, we, especially in the ICU, it's you and the nurse and that patient and taking care of that person, you know, especially at night shift, you know, there's not mm. all the doctors walking around, there's no residents. Um, so it's kind of just you and the nurse and yeah, your nurse is your go-to. Um, you know, I'm always telling my nurse what I'm doing with my patient or what I think we should do or telling them, you know, this patient looks like they should uh, be on six. you know, maybe you should order something. And um, So it's always a back and forth with the nurse, but we're also, you know, with the doctor and um, everyone else in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what do you call it? Yeah, so you mentioned night shift. Is there like, how different is it when you're working days versus nights from your oh experience? Day, like, okay, so at night we can be super busy, but day shift is so busy. Like, I mean, now with COVID, we don't have visitors, so it's easier. But let's do pre-COVID day mm -hmm. shift. It's, oh my gosh, you can't, I feel like I can't even go into a room to get my work done because there's five other people in the room doing stuff with the patient, you know, there's like the social worker coming in and there's the case manager and then there's the physical therapist and then I'm the respiratory therapist and then there's the nurse and we're all trying to do something with the patient and, um, and it's hard and then the food comes and the patient wants to eat, you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And visitors and you know when the patient has family you have to explain what you're doing and why, why you're doing it and how the patient's doing and you know there's just so many extra steps there's like supervisors and there's CEOs and you know you really have to like be on your game and mm. um, it's definitely more stressful and more crowded during the days. Uh, 
<laughs> but I like nights. <laughs> Definitely no. I I completely feel that I'm a night shifter too. So I per, I prefer it just gets a little more. It's a mix, you know. It's, it can be really calm or really chaotic. There's no in between. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes at night we're so busy. Like the other night, I think I sat down maybe five times throughout my entire shift, and wow. as long as I sat down was for like twenty minutes. Oh wow. So it's super busy sometimes. But day shift can also be super busy. Day shift can also be chill. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really just depends. It's all the same. If you work night right. shift, you work shift and vice versa. Right. And then you mentioned COVID too. So how's like that changed the way you've um, been working lately? Oh my gosh. Well, it's definitely changed everything and what we do and how we function. Um, I think it's before COVID, I was always very clean and cautious on what I was touching and mm-hmm. I always clean everything, but now it's nice to see everyone cleaning everything. Right. Um, so we're definitely, you know, cleaning our stations like crazy. We now get to wear hospital scrubs, which is nice. So oh. the scrubs that I wear to the hospital and the scrubs that I bring home aren't the scrubs that were in the COVID rooms. Right. So that's a nice thing to know. And then, you know, it takes sometimes minutes to get into a room because we have to gear up and gown up. And during these emergencies, it's a little more unsettling because it is taking so long to get in the room and you're hoping that the patient's going to be okay before you get there. But you have to protect yourself first, you know what right. I mean? So, yeah, that's definitely hard. And when we are intubating, typically, like, you have the RT setting up the vent, so plugging it in, inputting the settings, getting it ready to place on the patient and then you have another RT assisting the doctor with intubation and then you have another RT like setting up the intubation tray and now all that we have is the doctor the nurse and the RT in the room so you don't have all this extra help you know it's like the nurse has to make sure that she has all her meds and or he and you know put it in the patient and everything and then they're also helping you bag and so as an RT it's a lot because we're doing kind of like three things but by yourself, you know, right. so it's, I'm trying to set everything up and then the vent's still not set up, but I have to assist the doctor and hand him all his tools and everything. So it's a lot. It's definitely different. It's definitely more stressful. But now that we are a few weeks into it, I think we've kind of gotten into a better groove of it. Yeah. So it's been, it's been good. That's good. Yeah. And I was curious about like when you're going through your program and then you're looking for jobs, like how is that process like? at least like um, in between either, whether it's like you do it after you graduate or before you graduate. Yeah. So the applying for jobs process, it's a little difficult because like you have to apply for your application. Mm -hmm. So you apply for your license um, with the board before you take your board exams. So you have to apply for your license with the board. And then we have two exams. We have the therapist multiple choice which is a multiple choice on a computer exam. And then we have our clinical simulation exam. And that's also multiple choice, but that one's more like um, patient scenarios. Mm. And um, so you have to pass your therapist multiple choice before you can take your clinical simulation exam. So you have to schedule for that one and you have to study basically completely different for that exam. And then when you pass, you set up an appointment for your clinical simulation exam, and then you have to study completely different for that. And and then once you pass is, so before I pass, I was applying anywhere, everywhere, you know, 
um, assuming that I was going to pass, I was just applying to all these facilities. You know, because we went to so many clinical sites, it was nice to have, you know, RT's numbers that mm. were my preceptors. And so I can like ask for advice or ask if their facility was hiring. But basically, I just applied anywhere and everywhere. Thankfully, I think one of the best things for me and for people who went to my college was our clinical sites. They are, mm. you know, the top facilities in LA, as well as smaller community hospitals. And I think just having that on there and um, and in my program, he, my professor, he, um, our director, he said that we should get our ACLS, our BLS, our NRP, and our PALS, which are pediatric advanced life support, um, adult, and all those. And um, I think that was very beneficial because you already have all these certifications before you're applying to a facility. And a lot of times um, these facilities prefer that and you could get it like shortly after you get hired or they would want you to have it before you get hired. And so we already had all those. So I think that was really beneficial and smart of him to require that of us to get during school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's like something, I think we talked a little bit about this, but what's something that you feel that you want others to know about RTs that probably they may not have known? Um, I think, you know, a, a big thing is to just know that there are RTs. Um, you know, I think we are often put on the back burner in terms of who we are, what we do. Uh, not a lot of people know. It's always an educating thing, whether it's, you know, somebody asking, oh, what do you do? Or literally people in the hospital uh, asking, like, oh, what do you do? You know, right. so don't know. Um, so I think just knowing what an RT is and knowing that that avenue is available. I feel like a lot of people just assume there's just kind of nursing mm -hmm. and assume that there's just a nurse and a doctor. And it's like, there's so many more, there's PAs and there's RTs and there's OTs and there's PTs. And, you know, there's so many different avenues that you can go. And unfortunately they're just a little lesser known. Um, right. But I think, you know, if you like the idea of critical care and you want to, work with a wide range of age population and with different diseases then i think respiratory is the route for you you know awesome and like what's like your favorite part about being an rt i think just not being stagnant you know i get to introduce myself and educate so many different patients in a day and i think being a part of critical care is really important um, I like the idea of rushing to an emergency and trying to problem solve really quickly because a lot of the times um, you are the one that they're like they're waiting for you to come to like fix an issue. So to be that, you know, I don't know that like little that hero, I guess you mm -hmm. can say, it's just really rewarding to know that like you saved that patient. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just really rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome and like i was i was wondering like what advice do you have for someone who may be interested in becoming an rt or someone who's currently a student um i think a lot of people get really scared and get really worried of you know what the future holds and i think that's a normal 
general fear of you don't know what the future holds and what's going to happen if you can do it um, i think just to remain persistent and to not think of it i always tell people don't think of respiratory as like some big scary program that you're in just treat it like any other class you know you have to study you have to read um, you have to ask questions if you don't know something ask a question and a lot of people i think um, I've seen a lot of people not pass because they get so worked up that like it's this big thing and it's like yeah it is a medical program and it is going to be hard but you can do it you know just study and relax and if it interests you do it because a lot of people ask oh I don't know if I should go into it I've heard this this and that some people are like oh but like nurses get paid a little more or blah blah, blah. and it's like you don't do it for those reasons, mm -hmm, you know, you right. have to do it that interests you. And if you like it, then I say just pursue it and, you know, you'll be happy. You don't want to end up choosing a career that's going to make you miserable in the end, you know. With respiratory, though, I think our downfall is that there's not a lot of avenues to move up in the field where, yeah. like, if you're, I always compare it to nurses because, it's just, it's just easier because a lot of people know about nurses. <laughs> um, right. But with nursing, like you can become a nurse practitioner and you can be like a supervisor and you can be in charge of like, you can be a charge nurse, you know, you can do um, home stuff. You can do like, there's so many routes that you can go and you can get paid a lot as a nurse. Whereas respiratory, you're kind of just a respiratory therapist. You can be a lead if you have, um, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree you can be a manager you can be a director but there's not very many avenues that you can go in the field in terms of like patient care because um, like with nurses you can be a nurse practitioner but respiratory we're already practitioners so there's kind right. of no to go um, so that's I think the only downfall is if you're looking to advance in a current career and to make like a whole bunch of money um, right. you're not have like a skyrocket of income between now and then like 20 years like yeah obviously your pay is going to go up but you know i don't know <laughs> no that's awesome yeah and you actually already answered my, my i was going to ask you like what room is there for advancement it was for someone who is in rt and you already answered that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not very many things you can do you can do at home care you can um you know if you didn't want to work in a hospital, you can do at-home care, you can set up like O2 tanks, you can teach, you can educate, you can become a professor, you can be a lead, you can be a supervisor, a manager. Um, what else could you do? You can do transport. Some people work in ambulances or some people work in um, like the helicopters. Um, you can be a traveler. So, you know, like with nursing, you can work in a different state for five weeks and then go to another different state. Um, you can do registry, which is basically like you're on call and you work uh, with a company and the company sets you up at different hospitals in your area and you get paid a little more doing that. What else could you do? There's not too many things. You can go into PEDS, you can go into NICU if you want, you can work at a children's hospital. Um, but but yeah, there's not too many. I mean, that sounds like a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Of if you're if you're bored with what you're doing, you can kind of find other things to do. But um, nothing too drastic or crazy. Right. Okay. Cool. Thank you. 
And yeah, so that kind of concludes this. And I was just kind of curious, like, if you have any like last parting words for anyone here. Uh, make sure to follow me on my Instagram at GaryRT. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, no, I really, I'm, I'm here to answer any questions. I think it's, I'm thankful that we are going through a respiratory pandemic in the sense that it is highlighting what RTs do. I am not thankful for <laughs> what people are experiencing or anything like that, but it's nice to finally get some notice, you know, right. and to be a little more appreciated. Right, I'm not definitely. thankful that we're going through a respiratory pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> perfect way to word it, but that works. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> let's redo that <laughs> <laughs> nope that that, that that worked that worked just fine <laughs> well yeah well thank you so much gary for joining me on the podcast and thank you everyone for listening this is the indecisive yeah. pre-med signing out so much thanks Alex. <laughs> of course